not underestimate the power of PlayStation. Beyond. 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 Welcome once again to Podcast Beyond, episode 393. This is the ultimate PlayStation podcast. I am your Whoa. host, Max Scova, with me, Marty Sleeve. That was intimidating. Yeah, because yeah. get, get away from me. Yeah. <laughs> Watch it, Marty. Also, who's probably better at being intimidating in real life, Brian Altano. <laughs> and who probably... Couldn't and wouldn't intimidate anyone because he's just a ray of sunshine, Jared Petty. I don't intimidate, I just destroy my enemies. Okay, is, I, I stand corrected. That was a little bit I feel uncomfortable in yeah. this room. Wow. You don't have any of those, though, right? Wow. Wow. Enemies? Not yeah. really, no. I, I mean, not anymore. Uh, once, once dead. Because they're, they're dead. Gone. Yeah. They're gone. All right. All right. So, <laughs> uh, destroyed. Yes. Destroyed. Like, subscribe, and yeah. send. Yeah. yeah. It's like, uh, uh, like an Orwell. Vaporize. Mm-hmm. Yes. They have reaped the whirlwind. Okay. So we've got things to talk about. Uh, this is, this is this right? Ukulele? <laughs> We're talking about a, a. You always um, just seem so confused when we. Why are you like? I, it, what are the odds that somebody left the wrong notes in here and they're just like, "Well, I got some good news about uh, Halo Five coming." Uh, ukulele, uh, which is the spiritual successor to Banjo Kazooie, to yep. which, to my knowledge, has never been on a PlayStation system. No, is a thing on Kickstarter. Oh, it got oh Kickstarter. We're gonna talk about that. I'm it excited. Got Kickstarted right in the behind. Whoa, um, yeah. We're gonna gripe a little bit more about the Arkham Knight Season Pass DLC because there is a lot of it. Quite a lot of it, but it's like the the opposite of a gripe. I think. We got, is it a good a good gripe? It's a, it's a good. This is a follow up to last week's conversation. It's okay. less gripey. Okay, good. a good. less gripey version of that. Yeah. I think that good gripes is a brand of kitchenware that I use that has rubberized <laughs> gripes gripe. on the handles of all the things. <laughs> <laughs> rubberized gripes. Get a gripe. What about good um, grapes. Good grapes, delicious. Uh, we're gonna answer a question we get a lot about Metal Gear, uh, which I we got an email about, but I also see it posted on Facebook about once a week. So. Um, our dream video game mashup. God, we've got so many wonderful topics. And uh, yep. we got an actual physical letter in the mail. Uh, and then we're going to finally address our Podcast Beyond Book Club. We did which, which we were, did, we did bad, but now we did good. We did bad, but we're going to try to fix it better. Uh, Aria's Awakening and Monster Bag mm-hmm. are the games we were playing. If you played those with us at home, then you can know what we're talking about. <laughs> Hopefully. <laughs> um, Wolfenstein The Old Blood is out Tuesday. Yeah, I'm reviewing it, but we cool. don't have it. All right, that's an odd that's a, thing that's to have. That's a spooky thing. Okay. Uh, and then, of course, like uh, you know, we've got our we've got our new uh, PlayStation Plus for the month, which we'll get <laughs> to. Violent. Uh, no, that's it. Max's always it's like a it's like a grandfather who just got the newspaper. And he's like, ah, <laughs> uh, Korea. It's <laughs> because <laughs> they ask me to do. They're like, host the show. Marty puts these in front of me. They put these things. <laughs> You could, you we could, all contribute to the stock throughout write, the morning. Yeah, this, this has been around since, what, 9 a.m.? I, I was busy today. <laughs> He's not trying to Ron Burgundy you. Ukulele's a real game name. <laughs> yeah. Ukulele, okay, what, ukulele. Are we going to get into it? Yeah. Let's get into, into it. ukulele. Into ukulele. Funded within an hour, fastest game to hit $1 million in Kickstarter, yeah. which is already mm-hmm. over $2 million. It's Playtonic Games, who are a bunch of former Rare devs who mm-hmm. did Donkey Kong Country and Banjo-Kazooie and Viva Pinata. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Ukulele is a chameleon with a bat on its head. Yeah, Yuka mm-hmm. is the chameleon. Lele is the bat. It's the, the animal, the bat, not the sporting good. Not the Casey Jones yeah. weapon. Yeah, that'd be a weird thing to have on someone's head. It's a video game. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. I guess a bat is a weird a... animal to have on a chameleon. You gotta know what a crumpet is to understand cricket. Yeah. That's exactly. Right. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, this is this is awesome news. This is really awesome news. Yeah. I'm 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 a 
huge, huge fan of the sort of classic open world-ish 3D mm-hmm. platformers that all but died. And I think it's because they, they kind of killed themselves. They, the market got incredibly oversaturated with them at some yeah. point. Mm-hmm. A lot of people say Donkey Kong 64 was the one that kind of killed that off. It's up there. You yeah. know, but a lot of there was a lot of really bad. I mean, this this happened on PlayStation too. There was a lot of yeah. really bad kind of open world ish platforming games. I, I would say even some of the uh, the Crash Bandicoots veered into questionable territory yeah. at times. So I mean, this has obviously uh, yeah. <laughs> the uh, you know the rare legacy obviously comes from Nintendo platforms and is now on uh, Microsoft. Yeah, but the three D character based platformers I think were a staple of PS one and PS two. Yeah. Um, that's where Insomniac started with stuff like, mm-hmm. uh, you know, we had uh, Spyro and Ratchet and Clank, and then that's where Naughty Dog started with stuff like Crash and Jack and Daxter. Yeah. Uh, and then, yeah, it sort of just went away, and uh, then first-person shooters came up, and mm-hmm. that sort of became people, the new genre de jour. People well, grew up. Yeah. Well, yeah, but counterpoint to that, I, I think that w- these aren't games that we're necessarily playing, but I do think the genre does still exist. This is Skylanders. This is Disney Infinity. Mm-hmm. I mean, these those are this kind of game. They're just not yeah. made for us anymore. Yeah, sure. I mean, I, I would I would actually say that those are more hack and slash games set in a 3D. Yeah, environment. I would say that Skylanders they, is very firmly rooted in something like Diablo. There yeah. is yeah. it is very hack and slash. I agree, but you know, so are a lot of these exploratory platforms. Frankly, I, mean, I think I think a lot of those games are interesting. They just kind of lose. They lose that kind of that the word collectathon that used mm-hmm. to get thrown around, around which I yeah. think the Lego games kind of nail more, yeah. Than, yeah. more than anything yeah. else. Yeah, yeah. They're actually point. the closest thing we have to 3D platformers right now on that collection aspect, and mm-hmm. the platforming stuff is obviously still held down by games like Little Big Planet and Super Mario. But um, there, no one, even Nintendo's not really doing that sort of Mario 64. Here's your hub world. It's all connected by uh, smaller worlds with with uh, with different challenges you and have themes to, you have and stuff. Yeah. Yeah. I, I mean I, I think also uh, I think people realize that a lot of 3D platforming initially was very gimmicky yeah you know it was it was utilizing the hardware like Super Mario 64 changed the way games are made entirely mm-hmm. and a lot of people wanted it to be exactly that in the years that followed mm-hmm. and I think eventually it kind of came to terms with the fact that it's hard to make a really balanced game that fits that that format yeah uh, and when you're making a game that's typically targeted at kids, mm-hmm. if it's too difficult or it doesn't work right, it's probably just easier to just do something 2D or mm-hmm. to do right. something that's a little bit more, a little bit simpler. Yeah. Um, you know, I I actually distinctly, I distinctly hated Banjo Kazooie. I never I never got into Banjo Kazooie, but Banjo Kazooie came out right when I was I think like 12 or 13, and I was already kind of moving away from the cutesy um, Nintendo stuff. And like I was, I was into Metal Gear at that point. You know, yeah. like I'd moved on to something that I thought was more mature and older. Um, but also, it just there's something, there's something kind of goofy and cartoony in a way that just never, it never hit me right. You know, like I'm, I totally get nostalgic for like 80s cartoons. Yeah. Uh, 70s cartoons don't do that for me. And I think mm-hmm. that there is an entire generation of kids who see something like Banjo Kazooie or Ukulele, and they're like, oh, that's my childhood right there. I want to go right there and, and jump right on that. Yeah. But you know, and I have that. I think I have that feeling for Pokemon, but for whatever reason, this just doesn't doesn't move the needle yeah. there. Yeah, and that group of people who you know this is tugging at their heartstrings is evident in the fact that this was funded like literally in forty five minutes. Yeah. Well, that group of people is where everyone in this room is now, where they are grown ups with expendable incomes, and mm-hmm. everyone's listening to the show. Yeah. You're not listening to the show if you don't unless you're just like I buy one game every five years, but I love podcasts. Like <laughs> yeah. if you're listening to a video game podcast, you have some extra money to throw around at some dumb toy stuff, probably because you enjoy it, or also. Mm-hmm because it sort of reminds you of something from your childhood. But this is funded entirely by a group of, I would guess, 20 to 30-somethings who are 
huge fans of this genre, and they watched it disappear, and they want it to come back in some form. Yeah. And they have, you know, 15 or 20 bucks or 30 bucks. Like, the entry to get into something like this is, is pretty low. Yeah. Considering that you get a copy of the game, I think for PC and one of the consoles for I believe yeah. it's thirty five dollars plus mm-hmm. a playable demo. Yeah, and so awesome. you're getting yeah, uh, yeah you're going to get uh, the game's going to be downloadable when it comes out for uh, PC, Wii U, uh, Xbox One, and obviously PS4. Right, which is uh, super exciting. Yeah, that was a stretch goal that I think was meant like which is which is the other interesting thing. Uh, does somebody can you can you actually pull up their Kickstarter? I, I want to know just how many. Uh, how many backers they actually have. Oh, the actual number. Um, yeah. yeah, but the other interesting thing is that back in the day, these games were $60, 70 $80, mm-hmm. you know, oh, yeah. 3D yeah. platformers. And now you're getting one, a brand new one for, for 25 bucks. Yeah. Um, and they're adding, they're adding, uh, this this is why this is this is this is an important story for me as like a guy who used to play platformers like this. But this is also an important story for gamers because watching this game grow and develop on the fly is kind of amazing. They mm-hmm. are adding they are adding tiers faster than I think any video game Kickstarter ever has. And yeah. they're flying through them. Yeah, their initial yeah. like ten tiers got eclipsed the yeah. weekend. They're actually there they, they announced one over the weekend that was like, uh, we'll hire an orchestra to play the music. Yeah. It's like, well, no. I, that's, that's amazing. Yeah, it's it's insane because I remember playing Banjo Kazooie or Mario sixty four. I was never like, oh, this needs an orchestra, you know. But then you look at something like Mario Kart eight and you hear the music in it and you go, okay, that that well, really yeah, makes the N sixty four that was one of its few weaknesses was sound. Yeah. And and so that here they're going to have an opportunity to improve on one of the aspects of this game that they couldn't technically do before. I I don't like Banjo Kazooie and I'm still very excited about this. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and the reason for that is this has actually happened before in a different way. It was pre Kickstarter, but there was a period of time that two D platformers were considered dead. Yeah. yeah. And then everybody got older, uh, that grew up on them, and got their own credit cards, and suddenly there was demand again, and a few small ones came out at first, little experimental ones, and suddenly, bam, there was this renaissance of 2D right. platformers, which continues to this day with yeah. you know, games oh, like yeah. this, you know, with Rayman just a year ago, or some of the other yeah. wonderful things we're getting. I, and I, now it's happening for 3D play. I think we're yeah. seeing it with uh, uh, the rhythm genre as well, yeah. which is really cool. That's mm-hmm. just like I don't I don't know. I've been like I mean I'm 34 years old, right? So I've seen I've seen a lot in terms of the video game industry. I've, um, I pretty much grew up with it, uh, and there were probably a couple of times throughout my existence where I was like, this genre is dead. Like, puzzle mm-hmm. games are right. gone now. And no, they're not, because now there's a way to bring them back. And 3D platforming is gone. No, it's not. Yeah. Rhythm games are gone. I mean, no, it's not. With digital distribution, nothing has to be gone anymore. Yeah. There's yeah. In, there's an economic way to make these games and not have to charge $60 on a physical medium and, yep. and yeah. hand them to you, which, with, is, which is awesome. With, yeah. uh, not so much digital distribution, but with crowdfunding. Uh, yeah, it's so like it's, uh, the number you is 40,000. Okay. It's 40,000 backers. That's so, that's as of wow. the fourth day good. of its. Yeah, which is which is like... It's interesting because this is now the the quickest. Um, it's I think it's the, it's the quickest million dollar yeah. video game Kickstarter. Mm-hmm. The ever, third right? quickest Kickstarter, Kickstarter ever. Period. I think after like the Pebble. It's and... up there with that. Yeah, that Pebble Watch and, and a couple other. I, I think things. it makes sense that you had a lot of people obviously that they knew were going to be interested. In this, but the maybe, other yeah. half of this is the fact that this is Platonic. These are guys that have already made games. Yeah, right. That games. people yeah. want. You know, right. they're yeah. just like these are the guys that made that thing I love and that other yeah. thing I love, and they haven't gotten to make what they want in a long, long time. Mm-hmm. And Besides, yeah. they're yeah. they're Platonic. They're not trying to f- you. They just want to be friends. <laughs> That was worth it. That was totally <laughs> worth it. <laughs> Throw it in there. Yeah. Um, but that being said, uh, it's amazing that that small amount of people can create uh, a, such a successful Kickstarter. Because what I was saying to you guys off air a couple of days ago was when this this was at nineteen thousand people. Yeah. Even at forty, mm-hmm. 
40,000 people doesn't even chart you on the NPD. Sure, right. Like, that's not even in the top – I don't even think that's in the top 50 or 40 games mm-hmm. on NPD. If, 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 uh, if, if Sony put out a new game and they said this is coming exclusively to PlayStation 4, it's a 3D platformer, and it sold 40,000 copies, mm-hmm. that, that team that worked on it would probably be dissolved. Yeah. And they that they would that game would be laughed out of the industry as like uh, a a bomb. And for years, people would be like, "Oh, that sleeper hit that no one played." Yeah. But yeah. this, in reverse, through the Kickstarter model, is now one of the you know it's one of the most impressive feats in modern video game history. Yeah. So yeah, really, I, I really think that's amazing that that story can be told in different ways like that. And yeah. Now we have we have a hit before the game's even out. You know, these guys already made their money, so. Yeah. The problem with it, though, is that people have expectations. Yeah, you know? so now, yeah. I mean, There's... you don't know, is this gonna be like Shovel Knight or Broken Age, where, you know, we gave them all this money and something amazing came out of it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Or, yeah. you know, or is it, it could, gonna be a It could fall apart, but, yeah. you know, it's, it's uh, you know, hope for the best, and just, uh, it is scary, though, with, especially, specifically with Kickstarter, you see this, I think, less with Patreon, because more of a sense of, like, a kind of camaraderie mm-hmm. and, and We're kind in of together. Ongoing, ongoing funding, uh, but it's also harder to fund, like, kind of, like single packages, yeah. which is what a game is. Uh, with Kickstarter, we saw this a lot with the Oculus Rift. When people donate towards something, it they feel like they are investors, and mm-hmm. they have yeah. like a and you know Oculus got bought by Facebook, and then it's like, where's my money? And the investors didn't get a penny. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's but that's kind well, of hard. Of not, the, yeah, I mean, yeah. yeah, yeah I think it's also it's also kind of interesting because for almost I would say nowadays for every success. You hear about a Kickstarter. You also hear about one where things went horribly awry. Mm-hmm. You know, and that's just, that's obviously the way that we report things and all the media reports things because there's hundreds of Kickstarters that go perfectly fine yeah. mm-hmm. or just flatlined. Nothing happens at all. But like I was just reading about one the other day about this this guy who was making a uh, this modded N64. Did you guys read about this Kickstarter? This guy basically put up a fixed Kickstarter for a portable N64 kit. Oh wow! Mm-hmm. And it turns out he stole all the pictures off of like Etsy or something, like Ben Hex website and, or something. Yeah. yeah. Got all the money and no one could find him for a while and he just he like messaged everybody the other day and he's like sorry i was on a cruise (laughs) and like that sucks and i feel kind of like the the kickstarter spike happened already that's Mm -hmm. though if you had asked me a month ago i would have been like that's the story's done uh but obviously there's still life left and there's 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 still some faith and some trust in the system Mm -hmm. there's still models where kickstarter works better than patreon i mean patreon's good for all kinds of things but you do need that upfront money sometimes just to make sure you can get the people on board to build a big oh yeah this team right now seems like it's like 10 people and i have no doubt it's going to grow yeah yeah Yeah. Um, it's wonderful to see it happen i I really am just thrilled about this mm -hmm. though i've been burned on kickstarter but i've also gotten broken age out of it yeah Yeah. and at the very least we're going to get a new uh 3D platforming game yeah. on the PS4. Now here's, it isn't here, is, here is something to think about. Uh, this is a bunch of ex-Rare devs. Rare got bought by Microsoft. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. What are the odds we're going to see this on Sony before Microsoft? Like oh. if they're going to be doing stuff, you, you can you can believe that people at probably all the all the console manufacturers are on the phone trying to like get these guys to be like, uh, oh hey, can we con- let's yeah. talk? You're you're I mean, that's tough, man. So as that's, of now, yeah, the messaging a, is day and date. Yeah, on yeah. everything. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, I mean, I don't know how that's gonna work with Kickstarter, but like, I don't know. Yeah, I mean, you kick so we kickstarted Broken Age, but then it be, it became a PlayStation game as well, and it's exactly. not right. a Microsoft game. Same, so. same. I mean, Shovel Knight launched on Nintendo platforms. Exactly. Right? So, I mean, so th- that's that's always a conversation with these things. Is if you look at something like Shovel Knight, like we all made that a success, or everyone who who kickstarted it, but um, it could have just stopped there. It didn't. Like because yeah. the game was good. Like we all we all got it out the door, but once it was there. 
the buzz was so strong that it kept going. I mean, we, it was a Game of the Year nominee for IGN. Mm-hmm. That's oh. when it stops being a Kickstarter indie darling and starts being a real game that a lot of people take seriously. And now it's got platform-exclusive DLC on PS4. It's got platform-exclusive DLC on Xbox. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it, it had a launch exclusivity on, on yeah. Nintendo. So, uh, yeah, I think a lot of people might be mad about that. Like, there's this weird allegiance happening right now where suddenly, like, because of Rare and Microsoft – that like it's a, as if they've been together for a long time. Mm-hmm. Like when I saw the Battletoad stuff in Shovel Knight, I was like, "Why? Like, no, <laughs> no Halo fan really cares about the speeder bike level from Battletoads." Yeah, yeah. But... I, I, I thought that was adorable myself. Yeah, you did because, but <laughs> yeah. you would have loved you would have loved that anyway. Yeah, you know? exactly. I don't really know if that's like an Xbox thing specifically. So yeah, yeah. Um, yeah if Sony's it's... smart, they'll get on the phone and they'll say, "Yeah, you know, throw." Throw a Sackboy costume in this game. Knack! Put oh, Knack in this game. No, yeah. don't put Knack in the... Please don't no, put but Knack people always, anywhere mm-hmm. ever again. People always like to, you know, do those petitions where it's like, oh, make a make a new Majora's Mask or whatever. You know, like there's those those fan petitions. And the thing is, the signature doesn't really mean anything on the internet. Like yeah. it's, you can have a, a billions of people say that they watch, you know, watch a video of a cat or whatever. That doesn't mean that cat is a movie star. You know, yeah. it's like, that's not how that works. <laughs> it's not how anything works at all. But I mean, like Kickstarter on the other hand, if you actually have something with a dollar sign at the front of it, that means yeah. a lot more than some signatures. So, you know. Yeah, 40,000 people give you $20 a piece, then all of a sudden you got something going there. It's a start. Yeah. Mm-hmm. All right. kind of like the Supreme Court. Vote with your money. What is that even? What is that? Ju- justice? <laughs> we talking about now, justice? Speaking of giving people forty bucks a piece or something, forty bucks, I guess. Uh, Arkham Knight has a season pass of DLC, which has a lot of stuff in it. Mm-hmm. A lot of bunch of different things. Yeah. So last week, uh, we we bemoaned the fact that I don't know. Did we talk about the price last week? It's like forty bucks in so, addition to the price of the game. So right? that was the whole thing last week. Was that this was uh, they announced uh, the season pass for forty dollars. And they went radio silent on what's in it. On what it's mm-hmm. yeah. But and they so said, they're just like, give us your forty dollars, and everyone's like, what? Like yeah. for what? And they're just like, that's ah, gonna have some some stuff. And so there was this massive outcry, despite the fact that like everyone loves Rocksteady, like everyone is excited for this game. Uh, there was this outcry. Of, well, no, like tell me what it is yeah. first before mm-hmm. I give you two thirds of the price extra of this video game. Right. So yeah. here's right. what it is. Yeah. Um, you get Batgirl: A Matter of Family, which is an all new prequel story expansion in an entirely new location where you play as Batgirl for the very first time. In the Arkham series. Check out the first render of Batgirl. They I can't, can't click that link because <laughs> it's a piece of paper. Um, absolutely, um, I'm assuming, yeah, they say by prequel story because in the in the games, Oracle's already uh, wheelchair bound. Right. Like post killing yep. joke uh, events. So I'm okay. imagining this is when she wasn't. I like the mm-hmm. idea of an entirely new area, by the way. I yeah. feel like a lot of these, like the Catwoman stuff, was always kind of a retread of mm-hmm. the. Of the same areas yeah. you were already in. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. The Season of Infamy, you play as Batman in all new story missions featuring legendary supervillains invading Gotham City with new story arcs, missions, and gameplay features. That is really very vague. That's super vague. Yeah. Uh, super vague. Yeah. Stuff. That's uh, super vague in terms of they probably haven't started building this yet. Yeah. So they're like, ah, there's got to be a bad guy and a mission. I mean, they say yeah. story missions, but it's like that could be like. In like a, a challenge yeah, mode, a story arc scenes of, yeah. between a story arc could be cutscenes yeah. or just exposition. It, I me, better go over here. Yeah, next. yeah. It, it sounds yeah. like they like they drop. There's a newspaper clipping, and they drop Killer Croc on the map somewhere, and you have to go oh. across the city and fight him. That's, I mean, that's cool. It's fine. Then there's Gotham City stories. You play as Batman's key allies in narrative missions. This is different from a story mission, apparently, <laughs> uh, extending their storylines from both before and after the events in Batman: Arkham Knight. Or is it as Alfred? A story mission extending their narrative. Do you want to play as Alfred? Wow. I do want to play. Yeah. Wow. Like, you just want to deliver things. Oh yeah, it's, it's like, like Tapper Alfred. almost. Totally. Yeah, yeah, just like Tapper. Just, just like, like Cooking Mama, but it's with. Like, I was just thinking that. Yeah, yeah. Butler, yeah. Butler, Butler yeah. Mama. He brings out a meal, and Batman's just like, I'm not hungry. But it's all like. 
really, it's like really gritty. He's, he's got like carbon fiber tuxedo on. Yeah, he's just yeah. like, there. He's, he's, like just, he's just totally ripped. Pours oh, I love that. On, on criminals. Yeah, I, I, I like how there's a bunch of different mini games. It turns into like trauma center when you have to like get the, the bullets out of Batman's yeah. side. Yeah. yeah, I'm good with that. Yeah. You have to tell a riveting anecdote about a ruby the size of a tangerine. We're, we're joking, but I would totally play this game. I would. <laughs> it sounds great. I love it. It'd be like it'd be like the like the the karaoke and sleeping dogs, but with like a like a Michael Caine accent. You know? I love that. Just you got to get the intonation. You got to get the gravitas right. Uh, then of course there are legendary Batmobiles with themed tracks. Drive the most iconic Batmobiles from Batman's 75-year history on custom-built racetracks, each themed to that Batmobile specific era. Every Batmobile will be drivable across every racetrack. Bat Mario Kart? <laughs> Are you kidding me? I think it might be more like Bat Turismo. <laughs> uh, yeah, this is oh. great. This is, I mean, have you seen the tracks in this game though? Like, have you no. seen? Because so they're like challenge tracks. They're like they're these weird like mini missions where it's yeah. sort of like the Riddler puzzles where you're like, but you're a car. At least last I saw, yeah. So it's basically like you got to use your missiles or whatever to flip a switch that makes a jump pop up and stuff. Yeah. Uh, so it's it actually not, interesting. That sounds like, awesome. It does like, not look like Gran Turismo. So it, car I, platform. It reminds me hmm. of um, what's that game? Split Second. Oh man! Did you guys play yeah. that? that racing game that was like event? It was like a event based racing game. Yeah, yeah. Oh, that was interesting. I forgot yeah. about that game. A lot of people did. Yeah. So that's uh, that's kind of cool. It depends yep. on the on the Batmobiles. I would love to see like an Adam West era Batmobile done oh, yeah. in that engine. Yeah, that I imagine be... they'll do that. They'll go back to that iconic Tim Burton one. Hopefully mm-hmm. not the Tumbler. I think the Tumbler is dumb. I think the Tumbler is dumb too. And I actually the think the, uh, the I think it's the Tumbler. Well, you guys gotta get the Tumbler. It just looks dumb. There's too no, many it's... tweens posted. What's on the there? one with all the triangles coming off? The... Is it Batman and Robin? Uh, Batman Forever has the uh, where you can the like three way one. The yeah, that one yeah. I really like. And I like the one. Yeah, I think Batman Forever or Robin where you can see sort of like the the blue. Yeah, yeah, yeah those like the, the neon mobile. Yeah, yeah, like those that, are that's... bad movies. Really cool Batmobiles. There's yeah. a there's a if they if they really want to make me just be like throw forty dollars at them as fast as I can, they would use the unused concept for, that H R Giger did for Batman Forever, where <laughs> the Batmobile just looked like it looked like if you could have a four ended dildo. <laughs> And it was also a boomerang. It was also a boomerang. Are we? Uh huh. I think I don't. There I mean, been four Saints Row games. You can say dildo on a podcast. Yeah. He's, he's right. Yeah. 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 Uh, Judges. <laughs> <laughs> Wait. So I want to talk a little bit. So you edit the audio version of Beyond. Uh huh. What do you do for swears? Because I got a lot of tweets saying awesome job on adding the animal noises to swears. So, so here's and I what was happened. Like, that wasn't me, and I don't know what I normally you're just use. About. You, I just use beeps because okay. it's a lot, a lot easier. Yep. But um, Alexa, who does the video, yes. uh, throws in apparently animal noises. And last week Brian's mic was screwed up, so I just stole the audio from him, and he'd already put in <laughs> cat noises for the curses. So, so instead right. of like what you just said, somebody might just hear hee-haw or something like that. Yeah. Well, mostly cats. Yeah. If Please. you can find a cat that does that, then shoot it. <laughs> <laughs> All right. <laughs> so back to back to be- business. Batman bi- uh, crime fighter challenge maps. <laughs> Are a thing. Uh, these are of <laughs> these course different. So exceedingly yeah. big. Engage in a series of new challenge maps utilizing the unique playstyles of Batman and his allies. All right. The next one is just gonna be extended gameplay. Gameplay. <laughs> Character this, skins. Mechanics. You guys know what challenge maps are, right? Yeah. yeah. I assume it's the same ones from the last. Like year. the challenge. Those thing. are the ones that always. I'm always like, I'm pretty good at this game, and I play those, and I'm like, No, I'm not. Yeah. <laughs> those are almost like puzzles. Yeah, yeah they're they really, really more difficult. Like a puzzle than they get anything. really difficult. Uh, then there are character skins. Where, so very a variety of skins from across the eras of Batman, Robin, Nightwing, and Catwoman. I always like that because it's like, it's like getting to hire a different art director. Mm-hmm. You just go in there and you're like, oh, it's it's like Frank Miller Batman. That's cool. It's mm-hmm. a big muscly Batman Beyond. I want a Carl Weathers skin. 
I want a yeah. Batman the animated, animated series skin, but for the entire game. For the whole game, yeah. yeah just yeah. a draw it on black paper. Yeah. And so, that, yeah, so let's just play that. Yeah, right? I want that too. One of they always give us that costume, and I'm like, ah, that's awesome. Yeah. But he's still in that kind of like Nolan-esque, uh, gritty, going, realistic. Going back yeah. to ukulele for a second, uh, one of their stretch goals, which they hit, were uh, a filter to play the game in 64-bit. So it's gonna look like an N sixty four game. Oh, Does man. that just like mean like smearing Vaseline? Pretty all over much, the yeah. Just destroying the, depth of field. The and, terrible wow. texture yeah. cache on the N sixty four, like playing wow. itself out. Mm-hmm. Wow. Cool. So yeah. what do we think about Batman's uh I, you know what took them so long to get back what was in that season pass is they had to go find a thesaurus for how many words for story they could find. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, no, this is story great. challenge narrative mission yeah. quest. Like this stuff sounds cool. The Batgirl thing sounds awesome. Uh forty dollars is pretty steep. On top of a $60 game. Mm-hmm. Um, I think the big story here, though, is I think this was an actual example of public outcry working. I was just <laughs> going to say that. I was just going to say that I don't necessarily condone moaning and crying and screaming over something you don't like. Mm-hmm. But that kind of worked here. Yeah. So it's one of those, like, it was, you know, crappy of them to be like, have $40 but no details. And everyone said, this mm-hmm. is sort of dumb. Like, this is the first time you guys have dropped the ball with yeah, your games. Yeah, that's that was exactly it. Like, it's, it, it wasn't like an EA thing where people are just so, or Ubisoft where people are so used to complaining about yeah. this. Like, yeah. This was just like, Come on, we're supposed to love you guys. Yeah, like, you yeah like, we're not mad. We're disappointed. Yeah, yeah And yeah. they came back less than a week later, and we're like, hey, so we heard that some people wanted more details, and here are details. So yeah. good on them. It, yeah, remi- on it reminded me of when the – like, to me, if it, it, it had no one said anything, then it just sort of becomes the norm that A, have $40 DLC, and B, have $40 DLC where you don't even announce what's in it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And it reminded me of the, the PS3 launch mm-hmm. where they were like, it's $599 US dollars, and everyone was like, ha! <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and had they not laughed and screamed, they would have just been a, $600 consoles would have been the norm. Yeah. We'd be yeah. paying that left and right now, yeah, and yeah. We, we didn't get to that weird There's a, there's you know, a time dystopia, to yell. So. You don't need to be mean, and you don't need to be myopic when you yell, yeah. but, but you can do that constructively, and it looks mm-hmm. like people did. Yeah. yeah, I mean, I think that that's going back to the Kickstarter thing. This is one of the best things about the internet is that it is uh, a real time, like audience customer base reaction. Yeah. Whatever, whatever that that thing is, we do we do listen to your complaints, dear mm-hmm. dear readers, dear listeners. Mm-hmm. Um, here's one. Every word. We here's read one them specifically. All. We cry. Single tears. Sorry. This is an email that we got. Um, this is from Duncan. Uh, this is also something that I've seen posted on Newer's Facebook group in regards to Metal Gear Solid 5. He says, Hello, pod people. I've been a listener to the show for a few years, but I've only recently become a fully-fledged member of the PlayStation family when I bought a PS4 and PS Vita. I'm really enjoying getting stuck into franchises and games that I've heard of but have never played. I think he means sucked. Uh, for example, Uncharted, The Last of Us Journey. But there's one franchise that I'm completely daunted by and I don't know where to start. With Metal Gear Solid 5: The Phantom Pain coming out this year, I thought I'd give Ground Zeroes a go and get me ready. I jumped in and was immediately lost by the story. The gameplay isn't a problem, but who are all these people? Why have they got funny snake names? And what's going on? I feel like I had walked into a movie halfway through. A quick Google search revealed my problem. There have been 26 various Metal Gear titles to date. Do you know if I'm going to be able to pick up the Phantom Pain and understand the story, or can you give me a short synopsis of what I really need to understand? Failing that, would I have a better idea what's going on if I played Metal Gear Solid HD Collection on my Vita, or are those two games so old now that I'd be in the dark, and without having played the original Metal Gear, will I still be lost? Many thanks, and beyond, from a very confused listener, Duncan. Who is our Duff Dunks on PSN. Did we ever do... We do a series here at IGN called In 5 Minutes. Uh Uh-huh. Uh, kind of infrequently, but when we do, it's it's amazing yeah. reader service. I actually yeah. I wrote one for 
Call of Duty and I wrote one for Uncharted. I think Uncharted 1 and 2 before 3 mm-hmm. came out. It's just sort mm-hmm. of like refreshers. But for years we joked about wanting to do Metal Gear. Mm-hmm. But I don't you think and we've Mitch ever been talking about wanting to do that. I think yeah, Mitch wants to do that, about but it, it just so seems I think that'd be but Metal it Gear seems, in 5 hours. It seems insane, right? Is yeah. that even possible to do in 5 minutes? No. I don't like, think so. Cuz this guy specifically could... is asking for that. So yeah. I can I can give you the my short answer is uh give the like the original Metal Gear Solid is still referring to two other games that came out much earlier. Yeah. There's the original Metal uh-huh. Gear. Metal Gear 2 was never released stateside until it came out with Metal Gear Solid 3, which was like 13 years later or yeah, something. Right. Um, the first Metal Gear Solid is probably the like the most immediately accessible in terms of kind of modern gameplay. It's still very difficult, uh, but it's it's really kind of gorgeous and impressive. Mm-hmm. Uh, I would say it's like six bucks on PSN. You mm-hmm. know, roll the dice, and give it a, a shot. It's a pretty short game. It's pretty yeah. short. I mean, if you're yeah. if you're good at it, yeah. um, it's it's interesting, you know. It, it, it's parts of it have aged weirdly, and other parts have held up incredibly well. Uh, you can also just watch a playthrough of it online. Uh, Metal Gear Solid Two and Three are available in the HD collection. That's fabulous. That's a fantastic, fantastic way to get into the series. Uh, but Metal Gear Solid Two also refers a lot to Metal Gear Solid One. Uh, and the problem also is you're playing that on Vita. It's a really cool idea, but those were games that were meant to be played on a larger screen. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And there's a lot of weird detail, especially with the third one, which is it relies heavily on a camouflage, yep. which is kind of like you, you want to be you want to be able to tell if guards are looking at you, and if yeah. you're looking at it on a four inch screen, it's kind of tricky. Um, three is a prequel that takes place like forty or fifty years before. Yeah. Metal Gear Solid yeah. 2, which is a bit weird. Most of the games, I looked down this list of, of Metal Gear games that um, oh, yeah, I, I included. Uh, I think like you know, three of them were, were DLC for Metal Gear Online, which is just a multiplayer mode. Uh, two of those were, uh, were card games. Um, there was Metal Gear Portable Ops, which is sort of like Pokemon, but with human beings, where you, you would capture guards and mm-hmm. then mm-hmm. use them as your, as your, as your dudes. Um, but you know, it's tricky. Story. Metal Gear, like Ground Zeroes, I went to I like Japan and I, and I jumped yeah. into that. Yeah. Uh, it's assuming you've played um, uh, Peace, Peace Walker. Walker That's the big one that I think the story ties in in Phantom which Pain are also like a lot was to Peace Walker. One of the ones that had like the the most limited reception because it was a it was a PSP yeah, game. It was a PSP game. Like but people it, love it. Yeah, it's awesome. Yeah, it's, it's absolutely worth going back I, and playing. I don't. Yeah. I don't really like it. Oh, you, like I did never. I never got into it. I tried to revisit it. Um, I did all my research before I played Ground Zeroes, and I still was a little bit lost because it's kind of like. In, in terms of plot, you're you're nestled pretty deep because it's a sequel to a prequel of the fifth sequel in a series or whatever the hell it is. Um, you know, the man who used to sit in that chair, it's his favorite game of all time. That's I'm sorry, <laughs> fans of this podcast. I've been told to take over. Stop throwing rocks at my house. Um, uh, no, this, I, this is a series of games that was is created by a crazy person mm-hmm. and meant to be abstruse obtuse, mm-hmm. vast, and difficult. Was that for first uh, word? Abstruse? Uh, abstruse. Abstract and yeah. that's ab- a bird. Ab- that's, abstruse. that's a word. That's a yeah. real word. Yeah, that's a real word. Abstruse. Uh, abstruse. Yeah. That sounds abstrusal. like a kind of bird. Uh, no, no, it's abstruse. It means, it means difficult to decipher or or difficult to... Anyway. Um, but, the rare yeah. abstruse. This whole thing's abstruse yeah. right now. Yeah, oh, wow. Uh, anyway. Um, the word abstruse is abstruse to me. Okay, so the, the <laughs> crazy Japanese man designs G.I. Joe plus space plus James Bond and makes this incredible series of games that are so much fun to play, but they're deliberately difficult to get into. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's the whole idea. The whole idea is you're just mm-hmm. supposed to be soaked in these. Oh, yeah. So I really do think Max's description of, of how to go through them is probably the way to go at it. Yeah, you got to play them if you want to know what's going on. That's that sucks. Yeah. Or just read, like, the, the 
the worst wiki ever. Yeah, it's really it's pretty yeah. it's pretty messy to get in there. Um, I mean, I jumped into to Ground Zeroes, and it like it. I remember asking like before, and I'm like, so I I didn't uh, I didn't play Peace Walker. Am I gonna miss much? And they're like, well, yeah. um, there's luckily there's a there's a helpful guide in the beginning. Mm-hmm. And it's like a 17 like slide PowerPoint at the beginning of Ground Zeroes that you yeah. have to flip through, and it's like, here's what you missed, and I'm like, what, what, what? <laughs> and it's really weird because like five is is the biggest, most like open world, big, huge cinematic like iteration in the series. Mm-hmm. It is one of the most, I mean, it's the most polished one to date, um, and yet it's the sequel to one that was the probably the least cinematic since like mm-hmm. the NES MSX yeah. era because like. It it had motion comics for all the mm-hmm. cutscenes, and this is like it's it's really odd that that was a deliberate choice. It's also like, you know, it's it's been a minute. Like Metal Gear Solid Four was a, was a weird kind of convoluted sort of end of the series, and then we had Revengeance in there, and it's like this is a pretty good time for a fresh reboot of Metal Gear Solid, but like Phantom Pain does not look like it's going to be any kind of a fresh start for anybody. Yeah. You know, and doesn't that? I mean. That kind of sucks. It does suck. It totally sucks. Like it's because uh, for some from somebody on the outside looking in, like I, me, I've dabbled in the Metal Gear games and I've, mm-hmm. I've I've played or finished a few of them, but I I haven't followed the lore, especially like weaving through multiple platforms and stuff like that. But I look at it like this game looks beautiful. Mm-hmm. You have this awesome looking character. He's the the graphics are incredible. The open world setting is really interesting to me. I like like mm-hmm. the. Horse, horse stealth stuff looks really cool. Like, of course you oh, like the horse stuff. No, I, you know what? They're cool animals. Or I don't have to tell you. But everything about this game looks really cool until I realize that like, I'm not going to understand anything that's going on. And that sucks. Well, it's, it's Hideo Kojima. This man's the Andy Kaufman of video games. I mean, he does not care that, that you have to play through all of it. He wants you to. That's that's the conceit. That's the joy of it. That's what makes these games but even, terrible and wonderful. But I, I can't just go b- play this new game without of course doing you can. No, you, you can't. Have no idea 20 years even homework. if you play through all of it. Like, I've played probably through 20 of the 26 Metal Gear games, I'm not going to know what's going on in Phantom Pain. I don't really care. Does it like, not matter? No, I don't care. Okay, yeah, so then... Uh, yeah. Let me, let me yeah, let you in on a little secret. Book. Nothing that happens in a video game really matters. <laughs> yes. Because it's not real. Yes. Yes. I understand that. I understand that. Yeah. I, yeah um, you you understand that lore does have impact. Yeah. yeah. You have I three, do. <laughs> three Star Wars tattoos. Yes, I do. I get it. No, and I absolutely, I really... Matters it, it, within the confines of the story that this I'm... This is one of the things that I, yeah. and I, I'm probably stepping on some toes of hardcore fans by saying this, but I think one thing that the Metal Gear series could benefit from uh, without Kojima's direct involvement, if Konami does in fact continue to exist as a company and is not engulfed in flames anytime soon... <laughs> uh, Making like a reboot of Metal Gear, yeah. making yeah. a fresh start. I mean, I was actually really hoping at one point that the Phantom Pain would be Metal Gear, Metal Gear One again. You know, like mm-hmm. here it is, thirty-five years later or what have you. And it's I was hoping the same thing, honestly. And that's kind of what I maybe had tricked myself into thinking yeah. it was, but it's not. You know what I hope happens? Two years from now, they do reboot it, and a whole bunch of people are like, "Man, they really dumbed it down, and they're really angry." And I can sit in the corner going. Yes. <laughs> but, but like Max says, that is very much dependent on the question of whether Konami is at all interested in producing console video games anymore. Sure. Mm-hmm. I mean, that they, yeah. they, they're focused on mobile and Yeah, other Metal Gear will be a money. pachinko machine in three years. Yeah. If it's not already, I'm sure it You'll is. You'll be able to understand that game, though. It's no, good. actually, I <laughs> we've talked about pachinko ca- cafes on this show before, mm-hmm. and they... First of all, it's not a cafe. Well, <laughs> there are pachinko cafes. That's yeah, they 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 don't know. Those things make less sense to me than any Metal Gear game. They're completely yes. loud and confusing. They're not they're cafes. Not. They're sensory prisons. Yes, they are. <laughs> That's amazing. <laughs> they beat you in the head. Um, yeah. So I don't know. I, I 
HD Collection is a great spot to check out Metal yeah. Gear. They're also um, just good. Like uh, you owe it to yourself to go back and play Metal, uh, Metal Gear Solid Three is really good. And I guess Metal we, Gear Solid's really good. And I guess I love, we, uh, like, we I love two the most. I'm, I'm, that's my favorite. Yeah. But it really doesn't work unless you know what's happening in one and. Uh, three is arguably like a lot more interesting in terms of what it what it does, and mm-hmm. it's also I'd say three might be a good starting point because it it is a prequel. It's the, yeah, yeah. yeah. So, Snake Eater. Yeah, yeah. Snake yeah Eater I don't know because I mean I I tried replaying that game recently, and the first hour of it is is very much just like, huh? Mm-hmm. Why are they shooting at me? Mm-hmm. Why am I climbing this tree to get my bag? <laughs> Why did I just eat a snake's egg? Or which one? Huh? Were you playing subsistence or were you playing? It's probably yes. if it was the newest one. Okay. It's probably yeah, it. yeah. All right. um, um, no, but it sounds like we owe it to our audience to write and produce that in Metal Gear. Yeah, we have we have until thing. September. Yeah. Also, it's going to take us that long. So Ghost Babble's awesome. Ghost, Ghost Babble. Ghost Babble is awesome. really cool. Yeah. It's yeah. a gorgeous game. game. Yeah. Um, all right. So, another email. Our dream video game mashup. This is from Milo in Melksham. What? Is that a real place? Probably. Was that next to Yarnum? If you could fuse any <laughs> two games into one incredible Vegito game, I like that. That's a Dragon Ball Z reference. I thought that, was a, I thought that For was a sexy thing. old men who watch cool cartoons like me. Which games would you choose and why? Inspired by last week's chat, I think any interesting mashup would be to combine the mechanics and, and global reach of any Call of Duty game with the story of Spec Ops The Line. I think this would be great as it would have exposed more people to that wonderful story and been an exciting needle mover for COD while also being hilarious in its incongruity as an anti-war game coming off the back of a decade of annualized war games. Mm-hmm. You know what sucks? They were making mine. It was Star Wars 1313. Because <laughs> it was Star Wars, but with it was Uncharted. It was Uncharted and sci-fi. And I was like, yep, that's those are two of my favorite things in the world. Put them together. Yeah. Um, that's Yeah, I, I actually really like... I, I love the sort of pacing of Uncharted-style games, or Tomb Raider, actually, probably even a little more so. I think I liked the, the last Tomb Raider game more than I liked Uncharted 3. Mm-hmm. Um, sorry. But uh, it's it, those things are always grounded in, like, right now, or it's just, like, a guy in the woods with, a, you know, with with just, like, mud. And I, I'd love to see aliens and, mm-hmm. like, ships come in that are crashed over that you're climbing up and mm-hmm. stuff like that. Like, these sort of, like, space war-torn landscapes that, that you're climbing on on different planets and fighting people that aren't just 55 white dudes with helmets on. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I'd like, I mean, you can shoot white guys in space, but let me shoot some aliens too, you know? To uh, continue on the Star Wars thing, for some reason reading this just made me think, I want a game uh, that are that's like the uh, the bar scenes in Catherine, but just takes place in the cantina. Oh, oh wow. Yeah. yeah, man. And just like real, like get in depth and like know who these weird characters are and what right. their flaws are and what their backstories are and have it sort of be this... Because uh, what Catherine did each day, it was almost like real time where you could miss things and you yeah. could, if you're going to talk to this dude for five minutes, you're mm-hmm. not going to be talking to that dude for five minutes and he might bounce right, during your right. conversation. You need to play Callahan's Cross Time Saloon so bad. I, th- yeah. We were talking about that the other day. Yeah. That's, I was like, why does that sound this, familiar? You've got to play this game. Yeah. Absolutely. That's a real game. Yeah. Callahan's Cross Time Saloon. It's an adventure game and it's, it, it, I don't want to spoil it, but it's this really cool kind of sci fi, down to earth, Spider Robinson written, uh, 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 old style point and click PC adventure game, and it's it's what Marty. It's it, all it, my games. It's, I just want it's to a lot of what Marty yeah. wants in yeah. the universe. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Man, I kind of want it like a combination of what you two just said, but like think uh, think the different characters thing from GTA, but in Moss Eisley. Yeah, and like yeah. maybe scale, like how we all scale it down <laughs> so it's. I mean, you get the ball rolling. Yeah, it's, yeah, yeah. it's going to keep going. Um, get the ball droid rolling, or either that, or uh, think like somewhere between. Uh, and I'm not trying to be funny. This is actually something that I'd love to see. 
somewhere between Goat Simulator, Mortal Kombat, and MotorStorm, where oh, it's it's animals that are racing, but they're like just hyper violent and just like if they go too fast they blow up and if they crash into each other blood flies everywhere mm-hmm. so this is speed with animals no it's much worse okay. than that it would All be right. it would be more like i don't know road warrior but with yeah. farm animals <laughs> that sounds great i don't know why that's a that. thing that i thought of but i i, I don't know it's just funny that's to me that's such a good idea oh, i play that, that yeah wonderful I, I, I think I'm going to go back to one for a, a, a thing I turned in my copy too late to get into one of the group projects uh, that we do here. Uh, I want Final Fantasy Tactics with the Avengers or with uh, superheroes. Um, I want to play Final Fantasy Tactics. And you've got that wonderful thing where it's squad versus squad and everybody's got special abilities. That's every comic book ever. Mm-hmm. Right. Uh, so you can have teams of superheroes battling teams of superheroes or villains from the same continuity and universe with that tactics control engine. Yeah. Of, of, all, of all the games we pitched, I feel like yours is the most likely to get made, but... It's free to play gonna, mobile. It's going to be yeah, on iOS. Exactly. Yeah. It's going to be free to play mobile. Because that, no, that sounds like I can see. I can see what that looks like in my head. Yeah. You first, know? first the the battle scenes would be so much fun. But second, this is a game that you could build a story around. I mean, mm-hmm. you could build a great story uh, because you know the best comics are built first on story and and second on pummeling. And mm-hmm. uh, I think you could make that work one two punch. Uh, yeah. With that kind of thing, I've dreamt about that game since I played Final Fantasy Tactics. Yeah, yeah. we've awesome. talked. We've talked about things that I really want uh, on this podcast before. Like I think you said the Richard Scary open world game, and oh, yeah, you said the that uh, no. Yeah, we talked about Scary open world game exists. It's, it's, just, it's not game. open enough. Yeah. <laughs> and then you said the uh, open world game that takes place in Toontown. Yeah, I, I want that game too. Yeah. I want all those games. That's pretty cool. Yeah, I'm going to bring this Richard Scary game in one day. We're going to play it. Sounds Richard spooky. I could sounds Richard. This isn't really. I like how. I like, <laughs> write it down. I'm writing it down. But I like, uh, fine. Yeah. You know, hold on. I just gotta say real quick. It's kind of nice that we censor curses on this podcast because it makes each one so special. Yeah. Like you feel like it's no. It's, we're like Spawn like, using his powers. Yeah. It's it's like a, I was gonna say it's like in a fighting game where you build up your special and you get to use it in the right moment. Yeah, yeah. I like the spawn reference better. I think is okay. the special just making me write something down? Is that what the special? Is? That is part of the joy. Yeah, that, I do get, I do get in, in, enjoyment from that. So we got a letter in the mail on paper. Whoa! How does that work? White powder with it? Um, not anymore. White powder. Okay. Somebody, somebody sniffed it all up. <laughs> That's bad too. Powder. Um, I know. I got it. Yeah. I got it. Yeah. This is from a lovely fellow named Chase Bathia, who I met at GDC a couple years ago. Uh, he says, "Hello, Marty, Max, Brian, and Jared. Hopefully, Jared is there." You saw yeah. It. Oh, Magic wow. wish man. Thank um, you so much. That was very. That's nice really nice because I used to do this show with Greg and Colin. They would be like, "Hi, Greg and Colin, and whoever the fuck's in the third chair." Like, it's me again. Sorry. Aww. I just feel so honored. I didn't well, say the full F word there. Chase goes on to say, half my special. Uh, I'm curious about the sorting hat goes around over at IGN in regards to reviewing a game. I really want to know if people get to choose the game they want to review. Are the mm. people that work there pressed for time to review a game? Are there consequences to missing a review posting date? Is it a free-for-all for reviewing new games? Is there seniority for reviewing a more popular game? Example, a point-and-click adventure game comes out and a reviewer from IGN has chosen to do the review. This particular reviewer doesn't like point-and-click adventures at all, but because it's his or her job to play video games, he or she is now under a time crunch to get the review out. A lot of questions there. A lot of questions uh, there. Um, you've, you've, Marty, you've probably reviewed more games than I think anyone that's ever worked here. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, I think I was I was number one last year, and I'm currently number one. Really? Yeah. How many games have you, did you review last year? Uh, over 30. Wow. But I think I cheated because I had a couple Telltale series. So that's like five games. Oh, you counted each one of those? Yeah, I mean, they're, they're, you know. Um, 
They're, but, they're chapters. I mean, the the thing that star, uh, starts off uh, Dan Stapleton, our reviews editor, sort of he chooses someone who would probably buy this game, regardless. Not regardless, but like someone who would be interested in this game, regardless. Yeah, yeah. So I review a lot of our point and click adventure games because that's a genre I really love. Uh, I reviewed Dark Souls two because that's a because I love Dark Souls one. Yep. Um, they're not going to throw someone who I don't play sports games, so never going to review a sports game. Yep. Um, but Someone who please, doesn't play. But please do once, just for I will, uh, <laughs> Pro tip to aspiring freelancers wanting to get into games writing: learn how to play uh, sports, sports games, sports games, and, and you racing will be, games. Yeah. Yep. and racing games. Yeah. yeah. Oh man, yeah, that's actually a really good. Tip. Yeah, I mean, you, a lot of know. our racing games, uh, the, we handle them like in the UK and AU because they're big fans of uh, how cars like go against each other. Because driving on that side of the road is more fun, apparently. Yeah. Yeah. The less, the less but fun. but uh, American or United States sporting-based things have been handled by freelancers or contractors almost exclusively for the last four years, yeah. I would say, here at IG. Yeah. I mean, so there's also things like that. Like, those games can be serious time crunches. Yeah. You know, massive RPGs can be time crunches. And, like, yeah, the big ones, like, you know, Vince reviewed uh, Dragon Age, and he's at home right now uh, reviewing Witcher. Like, that's those are things we want to do in house, but at the same mm-hmm. time, like a smaller, you know, not to not to poo poo on the Vita, but a smaller Vita RPG. If we're going to review it, we might give to a freelancer because, hey, it's not worth the 40, 50 hours of someone in house doing mm-hmm. a game. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, and yeah, sometimes it does come down to seniority. You know, mm-hmm. some, sometimes the executive editors get get their first pick. But um, if there's, yeah, I, I, we've I don't think we've ever had a case here where someone's reviewed a game, and I've been like. That's you. You put a wrong person on there. Yeah, because yeah, also yeah. a review is just an opinion. I mean, you could disagree with their score oh, at totally. the end of the day. Yeah. And that happens all the time. Oh, and yeah, it, like that's the thing that like I, I always try to to stress to people who listen to this show or watch this show that like if you're reading one of our reviews and you're yelling at it because you disagree with it, like we have those same conversations in in the office mm-hmm. about yeah, everything. Yeah. When you're reading one of our ranked lists and you're like, "What Vision is not better than Quicksilver or something like that," like we're having those same debates in the office. Like all those things are happening right here, and and you know. Maybe Quicksilver is better than Vision. I don't know. Uh, they're so, decided by headlocks. That's, that's right. Really, what, what that's the, right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And Vision's kind of wet. You can't <laughs> get that ball. Um, like he looks no. like a slimy man. He's a weird. I don't know. He's what not that even is. a he's, he's intangible. All right. All right. All right. All right. So uh, headlocks but, don't work. That your I know with, when I uh, all right. All right. All right. All right. <laughs> when I started working at the, in this industry uh, through at, at IGN, I was writing for a site called GameSpy, and I wanted to pick up a few reviews here and there. GameSpy was a PC site. But they also did console stuff. So I remember specifically asking about six months after I started if I could review uh, Legend of Zelda Phantom Hourglass. Oh. And one of the sen- more senior people there was just like, you haven't earned that yet. Mm. And I was like, what do you mean? I'm like the best person on staff because I'm, I'm a huge Zelda guy. And they're like, no, you have to, be, you have to play just garbage for years mm-hmm. before you can play something like that. Um, I feel like a lot of that has gone away. Oh, yeah. I mean, Luckily, if like, we don't like, haze Brandon, new people Brandon anymore. Terrell came in, and two of his first three games were The Order and Bloodborne. Yeah. yeah. Which yeah. I wouldn't want to review Bloodborne because we got that game like the day it came out, and he had to play it for a week, and yep. he had scary spider ladies attack him. One was yeah. four hours long, and one was 400 hours. Yes, so yeah. exactly. That's, 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 <laughs> um, that's, that was the thinking, maybe. But, yeah, there's. I mean, it's it's not it's not really just – I think like I feel like the old sort of senior journalist, like magazine-style guys back in the day were probably just like – the best guy, you know, the oldest guys, the most senior guys yeah. get the coolest games, and all the the new guys get the junk. But what yeah. was your first game spy review? Do you remember? Um, yeah. No, I don't. I think it might have been No More Heroes 
2? Oh, you still did. I, my uh, my first review ever was for GameSpy, and it was Mafia Wars 2 by Zynga. Yeah, I mean, I'm, I was like, wow. I was... Wow. <laughs> that's awful. Wow. No, I was yeah. I was mentored in by uh, guys like Ryan Scott, you mm-hmm. know, who w- they would start... They st- they wrote oh, for 1UP. Mm-hmm. Oh, boy. <laughs> and, they would, and they would say things like... Uh, they would go up to freelancers and interns and be like... Hey, what you know? What do you like to do on the weekends? They're like, oh, I like to you know hang out and stuff. You ever you ever go to an amusement park? Yeah, I love amusement parks. What about theme parks? <laughs> yeah, I love theme parks. Cool, you're reviewing Circus DS, <laughs> and it was just like, no, like it's a it's a horrible trick, and like I you don't really hear so much of that with Dan Stapleton. You know, he's he's sort of a he's much more of a fair king than that. <laughs> yeah, that's good. I I would speak to this more, but I've only been here for a few months, so yeah. I don't really. Uh, and I'm also not um I'm not probably not reviewing stuff any point soon I don't yeah, know maybe, I mean, maybe you, eventually I don't I don't know but yeah. like nobody's that's not my primary job duty so yeah. no I mean you and Brian are hosts and as yeah. hosts you, you don't really review yeah. games you have you have different things that's Which why is, you know Greg yeah. stopped reviewing games the last couple of years he was here because he became a host yeah. 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 yeah yeah I did review games at Rev3 when I was there um, I, I never reviewed anything for Destructoid I don't think but I did, um, I did do stuff for Revision Three, which was interesting because I was working with uh, like Adam Sessler before he started. Uh, it was it was me and it was Zach Miner and Tara Long and Anthony Carboni, and that was our entire team basically. Mm-hmm. That was everybody. We had I think maybe one or two occasions when we had a freelancer come in, uh, and the thing is, we were always going to be the personalities. There's one review that I did that I didn't like. I didn't write the review myself. Uh, it was for Nino Cooney, Wrath of the White Witch, which is a huge, massive game, and I was think I was reviewing some other game at the same time, and also doing, you know, regular content and stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, so we had a freelancer come in, and we, who's a, a guy I know named, named Miguel, who um, who played the game at home and basically captured the footage, and we compared notes on what we thought of it, and he, you know, we kind of accom- accommodated both of our, our thoughts on my time with the game and his time with the entirety of the game, and uh, you know, it was. That was I always feel sort of like sort of guilty about that. But then there's a ton of other games that I did I did review myself and I did mm-hmm. I did play that and it's uh, I don't really miss it because it's kind of it's it's really a horrible it's a horrible thing to do. <laughs> um, video games can be everything from like Tetris to The Last of Us. You know, yeah. like they take mm-hmm. so many forms and to be like, hey, uh, so the review is going up on Tuesday. You need to have it ready by then, or to answer your question, Chase, it's you get maybe in trouble if you if you're late on every review. You kind of miss the boat. It doesn't look good in the yeah. eyes of PR. It doesn't look good in the eyes of your bosses. Um, but you know, you're like, hey, can you play through this 40-hour game in a week? And it's like that's not normal. That's not normal. Like it, it might seem great, but it's kind of like the it's like the the Bruce uh, the Bruce Bogtrotter theme or scene in, in Matilda where he's like gets in trouble for stealing cake and so they make him eat the entire cake in front of the whole school I and everyone's to, like Bruce I want to kiss you for making that reference <laughs> I will always throw down some Roald Dahl in okay, here okay I'm that with you there yeah, that's that's really one of my good. favorite books yeah. so we, we actually talked about if you about, don't do it in time you get thrown in the pokey we talked oh, about Brandon Tyrell's Chokey, uh, Chokey. His, his four or five days where he had to play Bloodborne too much and a couple of people tweeted at me and they are just like oh, I would kill for that you know I hate my job and I'm like well yeah I mean it's all relative like mm-hmm. it, I think it's not you would probably kill to play a game for four days like hey I'm taking hey boss I'm taking four days off at work and I'm playing Bloodborne yeah it sounds awesome but then having to come back and write a you know couple page long review write a video script make sure all the footage is captured yeah. and also I mean this obviously didn't happen for Bloodborne because it was exclusive but reviewing has changed a lot here in IGN in the last few years in terms of 
calculating and mapping the difference from each platform to platform. Yeah. And that's yeah. something that wasn't really that prevalent when I started. I mean, you saw it a little bit. Like, we, we would put in, like, a footnote or something like that. But with, like, the resolution gate that happened a few mm -hmm. years ago of sort of, like, which, which game looks best? Like, which 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 is what, how many P's is this running on? Yeah. Um, all of a sudden, it, it became what well, we had to do graphics tests between each one. Yeah. You know, it's, it's actually you're getting into like science and, and yeah. math a little more than just reading and writing and arithmetic. Yeah. And a lot of stuff you have to wait until the game is out in the wild. If a yeah. game has a heavy online component, we can't really. That's why we don't put scores on mm -hmm. online games before the games come out. Yep. That's why we have a review in progress. And a lot of people think it's some conspiracy for us to get clicks. And it's like, no, we don't want to put a score on a game and then have the game not work and have the review be a lie to you. We're not going to do that. Yeah. This I mean, is, a lot of these games. For the, the, the readers and the viewer benefit. 100%. A lot of these games are, are actually tested and built under the pressure of servers that just don't exist when they're in pre-production. Yeah. Or even in post, when they hand us a game and they go, hey, uh, you know, what do you think of this? And we're like, well, we can't play. Set, like GTA Online, we couldn't play. It wasn't ready. Yeah. And by the time it was ready, it was crashing like crazy. But eventually we were like, now it's playable. Now it's working. Let's yeah. revisit this and let's mm -hmm. talk about but, it. But so. all of this taken into due consideration, there is it's one of my favorite things that I do here uh, when I do get a chance to do it. And that's because when it's something wonderful, you get a chance to tell people how wonderful a game is. Yeah. yeah. When it's something terrible, you get a chance to warn people. Yeah, at least some people before they run out and yeah. waste their money that they could be spending on another good thing. Totally. And I really enjoy that part. Yeah, of it. I, I it's, I'm glad you said it like that because I never, I don't think we've ever really hired people that take joy in trashing a game. Like yeah. every now and then you'll see one of those like one out of ten scores. It's just like, just like man, this is abysmal. It's awful. But those are like. They're, they're barely they barely even count as games like they're so bad that it's that you have to you have to go that low mm -hmm. but I mean like if we gave a game like a four or a five like the reviewer probably wanted to like it he or she's not sitting there going like oh mm -hmm. man I'm gonna rip this thing apart it's gonna be the time of my yeah. life like yeah. you know yep. negativity like breeds negativity yeah. and that's yeah. the that's the thing is we don't really want to be negative about stuff and it really is very nerve-wracking when you spend 40 hours on a game or something and then you write a review and you put it up and people are like meh you know or people, yeah. are, people are like this guy's wrong. And you're like, well, all right, I wasted 40 hours, so there mm -hmm. you go. <laughs> um, now, we have been doing this thing this month that we've been very bad about, about checking in on. We had our podcast, Beyond Book Club. Uh, we both uh, we all said we were going to play Aru's Awakening and Monster Bag, uh, which were the free games on PlayStation Plus this month for basically all the systems. Aru's Awakening was on PS3 and PS4, and Monster Bag was on Vita. Mm -hmm. um, what did you guys think of them? What did, you, did you play them? Did you? I did. played Aru's Awakening. Yeah. What did you think of that? Let's start with that one because it's alphabetical and it has... I Two A's. I, it does have two A's. Uh, this was a game I felt like I was predisposed to love, and I didn't. And Me I was too. Bummed out by That's, that. Isn't that weird? Yeah. I'm like, this is a 2D puzzle platformer with gorgeous, like, absolutely stunning hand-drawn art. Like, yeah. The creatures in this world look incredible. I love the atmosphere of like the sun raining down on you, and your characters are sweating, and the weird stuff that comes out at night. Um, but ultimately, the the core mechanic of sort of vamping and teleporting in the game. Uh, just feels weird, and when a core gameplay mechanic of a game doesn't mm -hmm. hook me, that's just a it's like a shooter where the shooting doesn't feel good. You know what's mm -hmm. interesting is that this people were kind of comparing this to the Swapper, mm -hmm. which I know you really love. I love it, but I like I, I love the I, I love the look of it, mm -hmm. but I I actually got kind of tripped up with that like multiplicity thing that was yeah, going yeah. on and the teleporting and all that. Like I'm call me like old school, but I, I actually like my kind of exploration-based 2D platformers to be a little more platformy and less mm. 
puzzle-based. Puzzle-based. Mm-hmm. It's, um, it's a difficult balance to strike. Yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. So this felt like a kind of watered-down version of a something that I thought I would love and didn't. Mm-hmm. So it was like so many, so many steps down removed from like, man, I this was this looks like it's my game, but I, I felt yeah. the exact same way. Yeah. Uh, my take on it was it it definitely felt like it was built on a on a sort of incomplete mechanic. You know, they mm-hmm. said that they built it based on the teleporter in Unreal Tournament. Which yeah. I don't know if you ever used it, but it's like a really cool thing if you get the hang of it. Like you can kill somebody by teleporting through them, but you have to be really good at it to to do that right. Yeah. Um, and then they kind of threw in this really cool aesthetic that I was I was kind of into. Uh, it reminded me a lot of the Max, the old the old comic, yeah, like that oh. Sam Keith style. Yeah. Um, but I and it was it was a, it's a Unity game, which is interesting, and it's also hand drawn, which is also interesting. And I'm wondering if part of the reason this got thrown up there uh, when it did is if Sony scouted it out and was like here's our here this can be our Ori in the Blind Forest mm-hmm. yeah because that's mm-hmm. similar like diff- very I, different I, games I was playing clearly. both of these at the same time I'm still playing through Ori and I'm yeah. like man one, I mean one even the names like are kind of yeah. similar yeah. sounding yeah. like yeah. you've got a lot of similar elements there um, it felt it felt very like very ambitious in a way that like student games are like they've got all this lore in there and I'm like, it's a really, like, once you get out of the lore, it's a very, like, it doesn't, the game doesn't have anything to do with the story. You mm-hmm. know? It's mm-hmm. not, you know, it's not, uh, what is it, Luda narrative dissonance. It just doesn't have anything to do with it. Right. Like, you're moving your way through this entirely surreal landscape. There's no need to explain anything. Mm-hmm. I, um, I think, like, you kind of nailed it, too, about, like, if you don't have, like, a lot of a lot of games are built not really, like, I, to me, I think if a game gets, if it gets built based on a story, it's already kind of a problem out the gate. Like it's very rare that works. I think it has to be, it has to it has to start from a mechanic that is fundamentally sound and is awesome. And I don't think this game had that. And yeah, I think yeah. they just kept building stuff around it to sort of cover up for the fact that like that thing right there doesn't hook you the way it mm-hmm. should. Mm-hmm. You know. Yeah. So it's it's funny. There's a line in The Simpsons. It's that episode where Homer becomes a food critic, and there's the old food critic who's retiring, and they give them a it gives him a, a, a birthday cake, and he's like, oh great. Baskin Robbins. Why make thirty-two flavors if you can't get vanilla right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I feel like that's so. That's kind of kind of relevant yeah, here. Right, like yeah, you yeah, gotta, yeah. and it's like really, if you're making a platformer, and you gotta have the jumping tight. You gotta get that one yeah. thing. Yeah, right. Mario taught yeah. us. The Super Mario Brothers yeah. taught us that. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, now, of course, we've got uh, Monster Bag yeah. on Vita, which is a really weird little game that I get kind of vibes of uh, like Foster's Home for Imaginary Friends. Yeah, from that. you're a, a, a an inanimate backpack. An, sorry, unanimate backpack that's alive, that's a monster, that's also a bag, that's making its way from the back of its owner to the to, wait. It's trying to find your owner. Mm-hmm. What? <laughs> um, but it's a stealth puzzle adventure game. Kind yeah, of. where sort of in every scene, your 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 owner just exits scene right, and you mm-hmm. have to maneuver your way through the scene in order to uh, get to where they were going. And you have to do so by, it's like a stealth game because you don't want to be spotted by the humans who are walking around, but it also becomes a puzzle game because you have to realize, well, how do I, well, how do I distract certain people? How do I get certain people to move? Yeah. Um, and I love the aesthetic of the game. Mm-hmm. I love that look. Yep. I think the game's great. Uh, I love stealth puzzle games uh, in theory, but again, in execution, this didn't hook me super hard. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was a little bummed that uh, it felt like the puzzles had this one kind of finite solution to them, and I would just keep bashing my head against the wall in order until I was like, "Oh, okay, well, this is the thing I need to do." Well, we're talking like an Adventures of Lolo type thing, where yeah. there's just only one way to get the level yeah, right, yeah. and you just have to keep dying yeah. and dying oh, until you Lolo. get it. Yeah, Lolo. the issue there is that there's uh, 
there's an, a death animation where if somebody saw you, which is really, I think that's the only way you can really die in that. Yeah. It's just if somebody catches you, the whole game freezes and it zooms in and it says brutal kill and they like hit, chop you in half or they shoot you or something, you know? And it's, it. I feel like it's one of those things that maybe they had a bunch of different death animations, but they didn't get a chance to finish them yeah. all. And they were just like, let's just ship it with this one or something. And I'm just, I'm just speculating there, but that was the thing that really kind of ruined the experience for me because it's not like it's punishing me for failing at the stealth portion of something that isn't really a strong stealth game. Yeah, right. Like you're memorizing, you're just, you're timing your, your movement in a way that's not, it's not making you want to continue playing it. You know? right. Yeah. Tri- trial and error games can be a lot of fun if you get back to it quick and if you feel yeah. like you're Super Meat Boy. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Perfect. Perfect yeah. example. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that instant instant respawn in Super Meat Boy is something that's sort of, if, if a game's going to be really tough, that's a thing that has to exist. Yeah. Which is, I mean, one of the main problems everyone had with Bloodborne was that like, this game's really hard, I die a lot, and I'm punished with a minute-long loading yep. screen every time. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah. If you took out the stealth elements in, in Monster Bag, I I feel like it could have been like a really like a really charming little little puzzle game, but the problem with that is it wouldn't also wouldn't be very challenging. It would just be kind of like a little like a little interactive storybook type of thing. Uh, but I mean it's 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 a, it felt like an artificial challenge kind mm-hmm. of. Like it's just it's for lack of a better word, just cheap in how it mm. punishes you. Right. So I don't know. Um, but hey, they were free games, you know. Yeah, then, yeah. Uh, and uh, on a on a more positive note, uh, this month's free games are uh, pretty much across the board awesome. Oh man, this yeah. which this is, is one of their best yeah. ones ever. Yeah. We've yeah. got Guacamelee Super Turbo Championship Edition. That's PS4. Is that on, <laughs> is that on all of them or is it just PS4? That's just the PS4 one is free. This, this okay, uh, and that's a game. Obviously, Brian, you inducted into our essential fifty. Yeah, I love it. Um, this is actually also has all the extra DLC, DLC stuff. Plays different characters, yep. Yep. multiplayer nice. stuff. Yeah. Yep. Uh, then there's Ether One, which uh, is also coming out this week. So it's free for PlayStation wow. Plus. New game. Uh, this was a PC uh, first-person exploration adventure puzzle game, sort of mm-hmm. gone home, uh, but it has this like cool time travel, uh, you know, puzzle mechanic to it. Cool. Uh, game's gorgeous, super fun, atmospheric. I never cool. finished the PC version, so yep. excited to hop into it. Uh, then there's the Unfinished Swan, which is PS3 cross by with PS4 and PS Vita. Mm-hmm. That's been out for yeah. a little while. Have you on... played that game, Max? I haven't. Actually. Oh, okay. yeah. yeah, yeah. This I one's think, I think you specifically would like. Yeah, yeah. You, you play as a uh, invisible paint throwing baby that tries to discover <laughs> yeah. the world around it using nothing a but goo. This was Game of the Year nominee three years ago. Yeah, I I don't know if I would go that far, but I definitely did enjoy it. Uh, it the pa- the pacing's kind of deliberately slow, and it's yeah. it's 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 very much like being born in the first hour. You have no idea what's going mm-hmm. on. Everything's white, and you're just aimlessly throwing mm-hmm. paint everywhere. But um, they start doing a lot of stuff with environment and color as as the yeah. game keeps yeah. building. Um, yeah. and the game's the game's short. It's very short. Like you'll yeah. finish it in like two and a half, three yeah. hours. Like yeah. it's and it's it's if you haven't played it yet, I mean, pick it up and. and you know, play it on PS4. Cool. This is a yeah, game. This I, is a, oh, oh, sorry. I was going to say, this is also a cross-buy game, so you can get it. On, if you have a PS3, Vita, PS4, yeah. it yeah, works on everything. Mm-hmm. So. And this is a game I wanted a sequel to. I, I feel like there's so many good ideas. Yeah, the finished swan. Did, yeah, that didn't quite come together. There's yeah. a lot of great stuff yeah. in it still. Yeah, so and that's, like Giant it. Sparrow's been working on a game called uh, codenamed Edith Finch for a while. It's another uh, PlayStation exclusive game, but we have Birds, seen y'all. Yet. Yep. yep. Uh, then there's Race the Sun, yeah. PS3, cross-buy with PS4 and Vita. This is like a surrealist racing game? Yeah, surrealist, right? like almost like a yeah, racing endless runner kind of looks like uh, a, a really good version of Star Fox for Super Nintendo. Uh, super cool, trippy. Down. A yeah. really good version of Star Fox for Super yeah, Nintendo. Yeah, that would makes be sense. Star Fox the, for Super Nintendo. The, <laughs> lin- <laughs> the linchpin question here is how good is the music? Because uh, this is one of those games that like the music. Yep. The music's good, but it's not as good as the music in the next game. Which is Hohokam. Yes, mm. and you're correct there. That is, um, if you haven't played Hohokam, that is a game where you. Uh, 
you uh, sit down, you uh, do things. Hohokam is how <laughs> I recovered from uh, jet lag from being in Vietnam and food poisoning from ordering mall sushi in San Bruno. Um, that was an awful week, and I decided to uh, tackle the disgusting, wormy things in my stomach with an adorable worming, wormy yeah. thing flying okay. around. There you go. Yeah. That's this, a, that game is so cool. This that is game, a game is it's paired well with with spicy water and jazz cigarettes. <laughs> <laughs> oh Marty! <laughs> then there's uh, Murasaki Baby, which yeah. is like the Tim Burtonist looking game you've ever seen. Yeah, it's on a, Vita, super yeah weird. Yep. Uh, Mary Joan and Vasquez. Dark, yeah, spooky. Yeah, spooky all these things are free. Babies. You get yeah. like uh, hundred fifty dollars worth of free games. Yeah, yep. Go play them. So if you don't have a PS Plus account, I don't know why you should get one. You yeah. should get on that. Uh, should we pick a book club game? Should we discuss it further? Oh, yeah. Uh, uh, how about Ether One? Ether One? What's new? I could do that. Why don't we pick two? Okay. Let's do Ether One and Race the Sun. Okay. Okay. Race that, that being said, if you haven't played the other games in this list, please play Guacamelee and Unfinished yeah. One first. Yeah. yeah. I mean, play the other ones for our book club, but yes, definitely play yeah. Guacamelee. And we're going to be better at checking in as opposed to the end of the month. Cool. Yeah. And yeah. then, of course, uh, as I mentioned, uh, Wolfenstein The Old Blood is out Tuesday. It's 20 bucks. Yeah, it's a standalone. Like I think it's it's retail and digital. Uh, you don't need Wolfenstein. It's a prequel. I think so it's got, just like, a regular, zombies. just a regular Nazi game, as opposed to like a but weird, it's got zombies, weird mm. futuristic 1960s yeah. Nazi no. game. Uh, robot zombies? It's, I think robot zombie Nazis. Yeah, uh, it takes place. Or, uh, but yeah, it's, it comes I think out. I saw that movie. By the time you're listening to this, it's already out. But our review is probably not up because we don't have the game yet. So that's is that a is that a sign? No, I don't think it's a sign. Okay, I think it's just it sucks. And not the game sucks. Oh. It just sucks that we don't have the game yet. I was yeah. gonna say because then we a lot of times here at IGN we don't get a game until the last minute. It's the same. It's the same sort of thing that happens when they don't send a movie reviewer to sure. a re- yeah. review and he has to go see it on Friday night. It's mm-hmm. usually because they're trying to hide it. From no, him. I mean, but in this case, like, Wolfenstein was rad. I yeah. like Wolfenstein a lot. So uh, I'm hopefully getting code tonight or tomorrow, and then I'll start it then. And uh, it's on our live stream tomorrow, which doesn't matter because I don't even know if this podcast <laughs> will be up by then. All right. Yeah. Uh, finally, we have our essential fifty. Jared, you brought uh, you brought a, a lovely old chestnut. I did. Yeah, it's time for this to go in there. Uh, Castlevania Symphony of the Night. Yeah. Um, Don, wrap it up. Yeah. I, I, <laughs> I, I think we can almost do that. This is a this is my favorite game on any PlayStation platform ever. Wow. Uh, I yep. love. Is Symphony it your of the favorite? Night. So it's your favorite Castlevania game too, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Although I I love Rondo. I love Rondo of Blood. Really? Uh, yeah. Totally. Uh, which. Uh, Diametrically opposed games. One's a, a classical kind of stiff platformer. The other's exploratory, but yeah, they're both yeah. wonderful. Uh, yeah, I, I don't can't say enough good things about it. It has probably the bravest twist. Uh, oh yeah, and, and, you know when, when there was the internet was not what it is today. And it was entirely possible to miss half this game, mm-hmm. uh, to get the bad ending and have no idea. Because the, the completion meter went up to 100, and it was 200%. And so, you know, here's the big spoiler. You got the uh, the inverted castle in the sky where the really superior second half of the game yeah. is waiting. Yeah. And you could miss that whole thing yep. yeah, the, the entire game literally turned upside down. Yeah. 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 The and whole you play it map again, which is, is playable genius. in reverse. But there are all the enemy, new enemies and new Plot things unfolding, a new music for every area. God, the music's so good. Oh, the music's so good. And this this on a system, uh, you know, that that didn't have the most powerful sound hardware. They really got some great synth mm-hmm. out of out of, uh, out of the PlayStation, which was not always great at synth. Yeah. Uh, this and uh, Final Fantasy VIII did some things with that. Uh, incredible art. It's still ridiculously playable. Great pacing. Uh, 
great opening. The opening of Castlevania oh, yeah. is the end of Rondo. Yeah. Like the final yeah, boss you, battle of Rondo. You play through that. Yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. So, spoilers for Rondo. Yeah, uh, yeah. <laughs> spoilers for Rondo. Also, there's 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 tons. There's so much depth in this game. Just ridiculous depth that you will never know is there unless you go looking for it. There are these these Street Fighter button combo magic spells yeah. you can do and unlock. Yeah, turn into a bat. There's, yeah, there's all these RPG elements. There's all these things you can transform into. These little, little secret guys that'll follow you around, and you can level your little guys. Yeah, familiars. Round up the familiars. Called. Yeah, and. Uh, but you don't have to discover any of this, but you can. Or all the when you combine the the shields and certain weapons, and suddenly you do other button combinations and magic stuff yeah. happens. And none of this is documented. They just expect you to figure yeah. it out. And I, oh, what a wonderful game! Okay, that's my long spiel. Back, that was cool. back when games had secrets. If nobody, yeah. if well, if nobody's turned off by the massive pile of secrets you left on the table there, what uh, what should how should they get this? What's the best way? Because oh. it's an old game. How do you jump on it? We should um, actually be we should doing this more. Yeah, yeah. My favorite way to play it is on PSN on my Vita. Okay. Uh, uh-huh. I, I really like it that way. There are several ways you can do it. It comes together. If you want to buy the old PSP Rondo of Blood pack, which is, is also available, you can do it that way. You have to unlock it. Uh, and that gets you Rondo of Blood and and Symphony. But I actually like the dedicated version of Symphony on PSN a little better. I feel like the emulation's slightly mm-hmm. better on that one. And you already and, spoiled Rondo. Uh, yeah, oh, yeah. yeah. Ron, I mean, you fight Dracula at the end of Rondo of Blood. Damn it, Jerry. And <laughs> at the end of Castlevania. Yeah, kids, if you're fighting Richter at the end of Castlevania, you're doing it wrong. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, uh, <laughs> They've already come so far. Uh, I know. <laughs> uh, but yeah, it's uh, I, that was a long spiel. But this no, is one of my all-time favorite incredible. games. Yeah, yeah, it's it's phenomenal. It's one of the few PS1 games that I replay on a, on a very regular basis. Yep, mm-hmm. cool. Well, there, we, there we go. Local video games. Uh, before we go, should we talk about uh, how next week's episode is going to be a little bit next different? Next yeah. week's episode is going to be kind of weird. Uh, we're going to be broadcasting it live. Yeah. We're going to be recording it live, and you'll be able to watch it if you aren't busy doing other things. Yeah. Uh, this is going to be just on the IGN. Yeah, it's going to be so uh, Wednesday. So the episode's going to be late because this is going to be on Wednesday. You probably listen to this on Tuesday. It's going to be on Wednesday uh, at 3 p.m. Pacific. So from 1 p.m. to 3 p.m. on every Wednesday, we do IGN Plays Live where we two Mm -hmm. of us play a game. Uh, We've all been on the streams before. Mm -hmm. Um, And so literally right after that, we're just going to go over to an episode of Beyond in here. We're going to be talking about our uh, E3 predictions, which a lot of you have been awesome and – we have a ton of rad emails, and so we're really excited to read a lot of the emails, uh, sort of get feedback on we're going to make our weird predictions and see if you guys like them, and if we'll you don't be, like them. we'll be in the chat and keeping track of this. And yeah, Maybe totally. if you only listen yeah. to this as an audio podcast, you get to see what we all look like. Yeah. Max, Marty, Brian, is there going to be a cat noise button to protect you from uh, your, we're just your, your, your no, own we're not We're not going to curse, yeah. Oh. We're going to try and do that. We're going to be good boys. We're yeah. going to treat curses like actual curses. Who's and a good boy? We are. Yeah. Um... So yeah, and I mean, we're not uh, gonna say meow. Or sh- <laughs> hey, we're not gonna say fart meow. We're not meow. gonna say meow meow. God damn it! You can say <laughs> fart. I can say yeah, fart. Yeah, you can't say. What he meows with this? This is gonna sound like a cat fight at the end of this episode. <laughs> woof woof. That's what all. You can totally say fart. The best thing about okay. about um, Tuesdays is I come into work and there's just a list on my desk that just says beyond, and then it's a bunch of swear words with time code next to them. <laughs> and like in parentheses, the person who said them. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Uh, so, it's never you though. I, 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 I try to be genteel. That's why we. That's why we bring you back. I mean, I've, I've cursed on beyond before. Blasphemy. You no, meowed. All right, so uh, thank you guys so much for listening. If you'd like to send us emails, it's just beyond at IGN.com, and you can send them to us there. 
If you'd like to follow us on Twitter, say hello. Ask us questions about things. Uh, I'm Max Scoville. Marty is McBiggity. Mm -hmm. Brian is Agent Bizzle. And Jared is Petty, Jared, which I always read as... I think it's like petty or like petite comrade or like <laughs> petite I just, comrade. Like I'll just you do spell that thing out the comma, right? Yeah, yeah, C O M M A. Yeah, it's a terrible Twitter handle. I, I yeah. you can change it. Yeah. Pretty it's commander. It's not. It's not a pretty commander. Pretty commander. I'd like a pretty commander. That's the anime that. that you're based on. I think. Thank you so much for having me on, guys. I really appreciate it. Always, always. All right. Thanks a lot, guys. Beyond. 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 Beyond.